Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to One Up Delivered Through the Air podcast channel. I'm your host as usual, Guy Drinker, and we're back after a couple of weeks' break, seeing as the gaming summer events decided to take a couple of weeks off. We thought we might as well, but uh, looks like we'll probably be back with two this week. But in this show, we're going to be talking about uh, the Ubisoft event and a bit of news that's broken in the last couple of weeks. There's nothing too hard hitting, but we. We are aware of the Ubisoft situation, and we'll touch on that as well. Uh, but, Carl, how are you? Not too bad, Guy. Obviously, in the, the time we've been away, a, a little thing happened that was uh, a certain football club winning a certain trophy. Uh, that was pretty pretty yeah. big for both of us. Yeah, uh, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, just just, just, just a little, little little bit of a bit, bit of a um, news there. Um, I imagine it had you you busy with podcasts over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, like the the couple days after, I'm pretty sure we did about twenty five podcasts in two days. <laughs> <laughs> it does not surprise yes. me in the slightest. Oh dear. But uh, yeah, yeah, that kept us busy for a bit. But as I said, I mean, it just kind of took a pause, didn't it, at the end of June and the start of July? So there wasn't much for us to talk about. I mean, we could have come and done a topic, but we're going to do two. I mean, we've got the Xbox event next Thursday, so we might do one, what, the weekend, we said? I think we said that, didn't we? Yeah, um, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll preview that, of course. Um, it's definitely deserving of, because there's a lot lot to speculate when it comes to, to Xbox. But yeah, I, I think usually in the summer, obviously, you have E3, and then there's this big lull afterwards until Tokyo Game Show later in the summer and um, Gamescom. But this year, because there's no E3 and those events aren't really happening either, or at least not in their, their normal form. It's 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 kind of more a trickled approach. You might have a couple events, and then it will be ha- happen to have a few kind of events right on top of each other. But then there's been this kind of mini lull for a couple of weeks, and then obviously we have Ubisoft and next week Xbox, and we're expecting kind of a, a Sony event in August as well. So 
it's it's an interesting summer as far as gaming news goes. It's it's not what mm. we're used to. We're just going to keep going Sony and Microsoft events till one of them actually reveals the price. <laughs> that's, uh, that seems to be the way it's going to go. But uh, we'll we'll talk about that in the next one. But as I said, uh, we'll be talking Ubisoft on this one. But as ever, we do start with um, news. And the first bit of news is actually from Ubisoft, which kind of broke after the forward event, didn't it? Um, Skull and Bones uh, is being reworked into a live game elements. Carl, yeah. I don't like this news. No, nor do I. Nor do I. It was very, very. I kind of shuddered when I read it on. I seen it on Twitter first. Um, which I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give the the overview here. So the story comes from Eurogamer from Tom Phillips. So go over there and read the full article if you haven't already. Long lost Ubisoft pirate game Skull and Bones is being reworked to offer a live game service according to a new report. Originally unveiled back at E3 2017 for release the following year, the repeatedly delayed Skull and Bones is a spin-off from Assassin's Creed series' naval gameplay developed by the same team at Ubisoft Singapore. The game is now intended to tell an ongoing story influenced by the actions of its players, with a shifting cast of quests and characters and greater emphasis on cooperative play. Ubisoft's last official update on Skull and Bones development came in May 2019 when the publisher announced its most recent delay. So, th- I mean, this was one of the first games that, that we talked about after the Ubisoft Forward event as, as being missing, and we did kind of have our, our worries about it. I mean, I joked that it wasn't going to appear, and it didn't appear. But in fairness, it didn't take too long for us to get some news on it. But it's not really the news we wanted. I mean, you and I are both, we're both kind of, especially you, God, we're really anticipating this one. You know, big fans of the naval warfare in mm. the Assassin's Creed games, specifically in the kind of more pirate-based games like Assassin's Creed 3 and Black Flag and uh, the spin-off game from Black Flag, which is Freedom Cry, I think that that was it, wasn't it? Freedom Cry? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Freedom Cry. Um, and, you know, that it was so much fun. It was really the best part of the game was the, the naval combat. And the idea of that being fleshed out into a full game was so exciting. And, you know, we assumed we were going to take control of a specific captain and kind of go through their kind of progression of their pirate career. But now it it seems like that's not quite what we're gonna get. It it seems like this almost might be like a more serious take on the sea of thieves. Exactly, third person sea of thieves. That's what it's it's hitting me as you know, which I don't like. I mean, I've seen some other articles on other websites have name-dropped Fortnite as an inspiration. <laughs> that's, that's not what I want for my pirate game. I don't know about you, Guy. That sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, figures we were having one in this game. This must have shown when me and you first started doing this together, mustn't it? Because it's probably, what was this, like 2017? It might have even been before that. But yeah, Christ, so I think it was, I think we we uh, it had a, it had another song at twenty eighteen. I think that was when ah, they kind of showed okay. a bit more of the meat of the gameplay, and that was the first yes. thing we ever covered was, mm. was that E three. 
uh, we previewed it and then and I think we talked about it in the preview and then we talked about it in the review and you know it's, it's like it's not a huge amount of time in, in the gaming world three years but the, the fact that it was shown in 2017 and given a 2018 release window was was really promising and it's just been hit with delay after delay and now it sounds like it's it's being reworked and we'll talk about another game uh ubisoft game that's apparently been reworked when we come to talk about the other titles that were were notably missing from ubisoft forward mm-hmm. but it's just it's always a concern when this kind of thing happens with a game you know when they, they get reworked particularly a game people were looking forward to it's it's often not a it's it, it generally doesn't end up working out for the better now that's not to say i can't but in my experience it, it doesn't i mean i recall i recall a there was a an insomniac game a shooter um and similarly I, I, the name escapes me right now but it was our, especially because it was supposed to have one name and then ended up with another but i recall that it got completely reworked from being this uh, at the time it was supposed to be this real kind of cartoony shooter which obviously now when you have things like fortnite and all these fortnite inspired games that's not too unique but at the time it was unique but then it suddenly got delayed and the name changed and it changed to this really gray dull aesthetic which nowadays that might be a welcome change in a game but at the time that's what every shooter was so it just kind of fell to the wayside as just another shooter was it and fuse that's the one what was it is that's what it ended up being called what was it supposed to be called oh um it's all wikipedia has that <laughs> imagine they do yes do 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 keep talking I am skimming. <laughs> that's like that's that's a prime example of when it, now we obviously we don't know what that game would have been um had the original form it took been released. But Overstrike. It, oh, that's it, yeah, perfect. Good good research there, guy. That like it looked a lot more promising as Overstrike and then when it fused just seemed like a run of the mill shooter at the time. And that's the worry I have here with, you know, now with Skull and Bones, you know, a, a solo pirate single player game. Now, I know we have had that with Assassin's Creed games, but this just focusing on the sea combat, mm. you know, kind of, as I said, taking that part of the gameplay and fleshing it out. That was really exciting to players. Is, why can't it be both? Have single player and multiplayer. It can be both. Just, you can, you just don't True. mix it. You just don't mix it in the one. Like Sea of Thieves. I know Sea of Thieves not the great success it is, but if you want a multiplayer pirate game, you'd probably want to play Sea of Thieves. Maybe uh, helps if you're on Xbox or PC. But you can go on Sea of Thieves. You can load your mate into a cannon and stuff like that. Do you really want to play this online as some kind of? class-based pirate game it's like i don't get i don't get what especially in third person and the assassin's creed combat how's that gonna work in a big live event as you may you're just all gonna control a ship or something it just seems like it's going all wrong and 
anything. <laughs> when you mentioned Fortnite, it's kind of stuck with me. How the hell are you going to get <laughs> in the <a> pirate game? <laughs> it just it just seems wrong. Like ha have both. I know Ubisoft and especially the Assassin's Creed series has been burnt by multiplayer before, but it's a completely different game. Yeah. Now, in regards to the Fortnite thing, I don't think it's that they're suggesting it's going to be a battle royale, but I think it's yeah. more so, you know, the evolving world and Fortnite, yeah, the seasons, yeah. the way the map changes, that kind of thing. So it's more more in line with that. But, I mean, it, it just, you know, I'm, I'm with you there and that, you know, why can't it do both things right? Because I feel if they just go too far into that almost game as a service kind of, free-to-play multiplayer type model with seasons or however they choose to to kind of build it you know i'm worried then it'll just fall to the wayside as just another one of those games you know we don't you know it seemed like it was going to be something that stood apart you know and what we've seen from it in the past obviously it's assassin's creed inspired but it's not another assassin's creed game and i just you know ubisoft are our company that they, they you know they they rarely experiment you know I mean? especially nowadays you know they've there's there's almost a term that's like a ubisoft game you know it's these open world kind of games that that often have just these this tick box type system to them and you're just ticking off things to do like in far cry like in assassin's creed you know, exploring the world, the, the division, like they all have that kind of overlap. And this seemed like it was almost going to be something out on its own. But now mm. it feels like it's almost getting pulled in. And I just, I just have my concerns. I suppose the hope would be that later on in the year, when they do a second Ubisoft forward, which they've said they're going to do, mm. that we'll see this game more in depth. We'll, we'll get a better idea of what it, what it is now and when it's going to release. But for now, with this news, I, I can't help but but say that I'm I'm concerned. Unfortunately, mm. I know we're probably going to bring this on when we talk about the fact there is another second forward. But you mentioned that gods and monsters is also getting reworked. So that's two of their new IP getting reworked, especially gods and monsters, which was meant to be out already. It's not exactly great, is it? No, it's certainly not a great sign. I mean, that that was another game. I mean, as you said, it was supposed to be out this year, Gods and Monsters, and now it's been put back indefinitely. There's 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 rumors that the name might be changed and that the kind of the art style might be getting reworked. And you know, it's it's sounding a lot like a, an Overstrike Fuse situation, which it always kind of sets the the alarm bells going. I mean, there was a version of the game. Uh, like a kind of early alpha version, let's say, that was accidentally released on Stadia temporarily, and some people got to, to grips with it. Um, apparently, it was a bit of a mess. Uh, you know, we can't judge them harshly on that because it is kind of an alpha game. It was never supposed to be released to the public to be played. But, I mean, considering the game was supposed to be out a few months ago, it, it ha that has to be a concern as well. Now, as I said, we don't know. Both these games could appear at the next Ubisoft forward and blow everyone away. Can't rule that out at this stage. But just for now, with what we know about both games, it, it is a concern for both titles, in my opinion. It, it really is. It really is, especially... 
I mean, Gods and Monsters, it, it was hard to have an impression because they only showed so much. And I, I know you talked that there was leaked footage or leaked version of it. That kind of got pelters. Um, but I, I don't really have an opinion on Gods and Monsters. But Skull and Bones probably been... I know I jazzed a lot about Assassin's Creed, but apart from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, not much from Ubisoft has excited me that much, probably since Skull and Bones. So... For it to get a rework, and God knows when it'll actually come out, it is really annoying. But uh, we can talk about that when we talk about what was missing from Ubisoft. Show. Um, shall we go on to the next bit of news? Yeah, so our second story. EA Sports UFC 4 release date announced alongside release trailer. This comes from Adam Bankhurst over at IGN. So go ahead and read the full story over there if you haven't already. EA has announced that EA Sports UFC 4 will be released on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on August 14th, 2020. And Israel Adesanya and Jorge Mazdaval will be the global cover stars. In EA Sports UFC 4, players will be able to go from an unknown amateur to a UFC superstar in the new career mode, experience, quote, the origins of combat sports into all new environments, end quote, and battle others in new blitz battles and online world championships. Those who pre-order EA Sports UFC 4 will be able to play as both Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, two of boxing's biggest stars. There's no word as yet if EA Sports UFC 4 will be headed to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, but it will be available on EA Access. So we kind of knew this was coming. We expected it to be at EA's event. It wasn't. It Its existence had already <laughs> leaked. So, I mean, it's not news in that sense. But, I mean, for me, strangely, the, the standout news here is the the pre-order DLC having Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua I mean mm. it has my kind of um conspiracy thought process going and I'm thinking does this kind of hint at a fight night return in the future I was wondering why you actually put this in a new segment because who cares but I, I like your thinking I like it <laughs> yeah I do I like it but I mean I, I, I'm sure it's a way of testing the waters isn't it really if it oops pre-orders you can say yeah but at the same time you've picked a bad year for it considering there's a new console coming out and you, they haven't confirmed if the game's going on the new console but I suppose August to we presume November's not it's a bit of a gap but just make a fight night <laughs> for god's sake but no it, it, it probably as I say probably best test in the waters but um yeah, it's not a great look when your uh, your cover star just got battered the other night. I know it's boring. I haven't even watched it. Your cover star got battered the other night, and your other the other cover star had a really boring title defense the other month as well. So they're really missing. They're really <laughs> yeah. missing Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was a more more kind of exciting yeah. cover star. I'm I'm surprised they haven't just put Tyson Fury and <laughs> Joshua on the cover. <laughs> it'd probably be it'd probably help. There probably is a ver- if you pre-order, it, you probably do get them on the cover. And but no, it's it. I mean, it probably speaks volumes of where UFC are. UFC is at. Um, if they're needing needing boxing stars on, I mean, I suppose they've had Mike Tyson and Bruce Lee in previous versions. So there's always that crossover. But when the company has the license 
I assume they still have the license to make boxing games. I'm not sure how it works with all the boxing organisations. But um, when they have the previous license to make Fight Night and you're putting the two biggest boxing stars in who will be the two biggest stars of your game, it it just kind of... It's a bit confusing, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely notable. I mean, as you said, there has been kind of those guest characters in the past but I mean to have two current massive boxing stars on uh, in the game just just sort of raises eyebrows and you know it's no disrespect to the UFC series I mean they're really solid games I mean one of my friends often gets them and I have a great time playing them over at his place but I'd be more of a, a boxing fan particularly in terms of the games I mean I used to get for kind of towards the end of the fight night series i'd get the game every year mm. and i still have the last one somewhere around my room fight uh, night for the 360 yeah yeah i've got it but it, i've got it backwards come back <laughs> yeah it was a great game it just supposedly didn't sell as well as they expected and then they kind of put the series on hiatus but i mean i i think mm. there's, there's a real hunger there among fans for a return of the fight night Absolutely. because i've seen a lot of people reacting that way on twitter to this news you know saying no just just bring back fight night or does this mean we're getting fight night so it, it is very intriguing to, to kind of see what obviously we're not going to see anything this year but maybe maybe 2021 we could see a new fight night they might even alternate them you know maybe release ufc one year mm, fight night true. the next kind of keep things fresh give people more value for the money they can maybe up up just update the rosters kind of after 12 months with um new boxers or new fighters and then release the new game the following year i mean there's, there's a lot of ways they could work it and um, so i will be interested to see kind of where that one goes and as far as releasing on playstation 5 and xbox series x goes i'm i know they've confirmed that fifa and madden will be like free upgrades for the next gen and i assume that applies to nba live as well which they're bringing back this year mm. so i'd be shocked if ufc 4 doesn't get similar treatment even though it is coming out earlier than the rest but i don't think madden's too far behind it actually because that usually comes out in september isn't it, i think yeah f- fairly yeah. early so i wouldn't say it'd be too far behind it yeah it's just it's strange strange situation I'd, I'd well i just hope to bring out a fight night to be honest, but as that fight night champions, the cover style was David Hay. <laughs> like David Hay was a good boxer in his time, and obviously world champion and stuff. We've just mentioned Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. <laughs> Never mind. Um, you could probably have Floyd Mayweather in and stuff like that. You could probably even put like Conor McGregor in. I'm I'm doing a very big disservice to people like uh, Canelo and stuff like that. But there's so many <laughs> there's so many big stars in boxing now. It, it it's the perfect time because boxing wasn't a bit of a crap but i was a bit young to appreciate boxing for what it was back then but boxing was not in the same place it is now what it was whenever the hell fight night champions came out and if anything and yeah yeah ufc had its bright lights with brock lesnar conor mcgregor ronda rousey but now boxing's got so many big stars and it maybe put ufc on a hiatus for a bit yeah it certainly could be be an option i mean obviously it these games are somewhat influenced by their sports. Yeah, UFC was was very much on a high when they they started doing the games. Obviously, it wasn't initially um, EA they took over, but um, 
it, it, it has been right up there in terms of the most more popular combat sport, probably the most popular combat sport for, for a long time. But, but boxing definitely had a bit of a renaissance in, in more recent years. And I think it's it's kind of re, possibly reclaimed that top spot. So I, I think we're well overdue a boxing game and, you know, kind of a, a top notch one like we were used to getting from the fight night series and obviously its predecessor knockout kings back in the 90s so i mean i'd be really you know obviously i've I've, it's my bias i know there's probably a lot of ufc fans out there who want to get their yearly ufc game and would prefer that to to boxing and i I certainly respect that but from my point of view that's that's where i can come from you know i'd 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 prefer to see a fight night next year, you know, even as I said, if it's some sort of rotation system they put in place. Yeah, that seems most likely. I mean, they've already lost the golf license, which 2K picked up, and that's coming out soonish. If they're not going to make it, you might as well... I, I, I'm very unsure how the boxing license works course there's obviously loads of boxing organizations like the wbc and all that jazz so it'd be interesting to see if the, another company could make a boxing game if not but I'm, I'm, i think i've heard eddie hearn talk about it so it might if you if ea don't do it someone else might do it at some point um but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see um last bit of news before we actually talk about the ubisoft stuff Sony invests $250 million in Fortnite Maker Epic Games. We we love a Fortnite story, and it's been a while. <laughs> we do. It used to be a running joke almost in the show that we'd always have a, a Fortnite story or some form of Battle Royale story. But it has certainly been a while since it's it's been in the, the mainstream gaming news. Um, but this story comes from Dean Takahashi over at VentureBeat. Sony has invested $250 million for a minority stake in Fortnite maker Epic Games, the company's announced today. With the new money, Epic Games has raised $1.83 billion to date. The company said the deal cements an already close relationship and reinforces their shared goal to advance the state of the art in technology, entertainment and socially connected online services. This close relationship was underscored in May when Epic first showed the upcoming Unreal Engine 5 graphics running on the PlayStation 5. As the company itself has disclosed, Epic Games raised $1.58 billion in three previous funding rounds. In 2012, the company received a $330 million investment from Tencent for a 40% ownership stake. Epic confirmed it will still be able to publish to other platforms. As noted, Sony is acquiring only a minority part of Epic Games and is not acquiring a controlling stake in the company. Sony is acquiring a 1.4% stake in Epic, which means the deal values Epic Games at $17.86 billion. So you can read the full story over EventureBeat, and I would urge you to do so if you haven't already. I mean, it's crazy to think eight years ago, Tencent by 40% for $330 million, and then now for just $80 million less, Sony gets just 1.4% in Epic. The the growth mm. in Epic's value is just astronomical. I, I think it's it's it, it's not something you see with a, a company every day. <laughs> Very few companies see such growth. And it's it's largely down to Fortnite, which is just 
insane. Well, the thing is, Fortnite, it's not even Fortnite. It's Fortnite Battle Royale, because Fortnite originally was meant to be like a survival thingy game, wasn't it? It was, um, it was like uh, Monkey Tower Defense, wasn't it? It was, it was, it's insane. Yeah, it's it was, it was kind of like a of. horde mode. Yeah, that's the word, that's what I was looking for. That's why I bought it. I bought it originally for the horde mode, and then Battle Royale came out, and it's pretty much I'm just saying I'm hipster, and I had it before it was cool. Um, it, that That's insane. Uh, that's insane like so, <laughs> I, mean, I think we were talking about this in one of our whatsapp groups and so i was like oh sony's investing i didn't realize it was one <laughs> percent jesus um yeah the only thing is you're spending all that money i know fortnite's still huge but is it still like i, I is it can it be as big as it was at its peak? I don't think it can. And depends what Epic Games has got up its sleeve for other games, I suppose. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Epic have really diversified. I mean, they were always a, a kind of notable game company. They, they made some top games, like the Unreal games and obviously Gears of War. And they always had Unreal Engine, which was one of the more popular engines for developers to use. And obviously they'd, they'd make money on licensing that out. But... I mean, with Fortnite, they really exploded. As you said, initially, Fortnite was just kind of a horde game. And I, I remember, I think it was, you know, kind of in between Gears of War 1 and 2 when Fortnite was announced. And I remember reading about it. Back then, I'd still look at, like, gaming mags and reading about it and how it was going to be a PC-only game at the time. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, you know. But I was just sort of like... I just honestly can't wait for the next Gears of War. I'm not too yeah. interested in this. I wasn't really a PC gamer. It wasn't really my thing. And then the game came out, and it was just sort of like, oh, this is a solid enough game. But when they released the Battle Royale mode, it just, just exploded. We've talked about it so many times on on the show. And But since then, obviously, they've, they've launched the Epic Game Store. They've started publishing games for other companies mm-hmm. with, with very favorable deals for the developers. You know, they're they're... They've picked up some studios to to work on games for them as well. I mean, they've they've really expanded massively, and they just continue to to grow. I wouldn't be surprised if they announce more things and in the coming months, really after after deals like this, it's it's just crazy <laughs> their their growth. It really is, and the fact that such a mammoth like Sony can only manage to to uh, acquire a one point four percent stake says it all now it'll be interesting to see what this deal means obviously it doesn't mean exclusivity but i've seen people on other podcasts and on social media and the like kind of speculating about this and and could it be see some sort of timed exclusivity deals for Mm. for sony on epic published games you know they're, they're publishing games from the likes of from uh, the likes of um, Remedy, obviously, mm. developers of Control, and um, I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that game company as well, who obviously in the past made uh, console exclusives for Sony. Mm. Didn't, so Remedy, it, didn't Remedy, after splitting up with Xbox, didn't they have a thing with Sony? Or am I imagining that? Or am I thinking of someone else? I think, well, I think what you're thinking is Control's DLC had timed exclusivity for PlayStation 4. Uh, That that is true. 
Um, so, you know, it's, 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 I mean, this could mean nothing. It could just be that Sony want to have a, a small piece of the, the delicious pie that is epic, but it, it could be that, that it's, it's kind of putting themselves in a, a favorable position when it comes to, to getting kind of nice little deals on, on future mm. epic games. Now, I don't think there'll ever be any exclusives from epic for, for, the PlayStation platform, but I, I could see maybe one or two little kind of timed exclusives um, g- given the, the deal that's been made, and especially even before this deal has mm. been made, how how positive Epic were when talking about the PlayStation 5. You know, obviously, as, as we talked about before, they dem- demonstrated Unreal 5 on the PS5 and, and talked about how kind of the way the... the solid state drive works and, and how it's been optimized on the PS5 kind of really helps as far as getting the best out of the engine. And I mean, there's, there's been even, they almost went as far as saying that they, they feel Unreal Engine 5 will, will work better on PS5 than on other platforms. How true that is, I suppose time will tell. But it, it does seem like the two companies are, are getting very, very chummy, to say the least. Xbox or Microsoft need to, need to show that money. Buy Epic Games, then punish them. <laughs> uh, you had your chance. Um, I mean, you've not listed it as the news, but I think the last time we spoke, we talked about um, Warner Bros, didn't we? Selling or potentially selling their gaming. Industry? What's the what's the word I'm looking for here? They're well, they're 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 the game development wing. That's what I. That's what we'll go with. Um, and since then, I think we talked about Xbox should be interested, and and then they came out. They might be interested. Um, might as well thicken up the show a smidge with that. I mean, we did talk about it on the last show if I can remember correctly, but uh, Xbox being interested in what would be one of the biggest deals in recent gaming history. It it sounds correct considering the the amount of uh, studios Xbox have bought, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's we we kind of we we speculated on that um, on whether Microsoft might enter the fray, and obviously, as we said, that would would completely depend on whether there's some sort of licensing agreement for the the likes of Lego and DC tied to that deal. You know, it's not, wouldn't be enough to just get the studios, even though there are some, you know, obviously Mm. Rocksteady are an excellent studio. And then you've got other kind of solid studios in there, like, like Monolith, you know, there's, there's no real bad studios I, I can think of in that that um, group there at Warner Bros, but at the same time, four billion dollars and and change is a lot yeah, of money. It's just Microsoft. Microsoft make enough money. <laughs> I know they could afford it, but but uh, nonetheless, there there is a lot there. So I I would I would wonder what the deal contains. It has mm. been suggested that there would be a licensing in there, and if it does, by all means, I'd be all over that. If if I was Microsoft, obviously from my point of view, I'd prefer the games are, are spread across multiple platforms. I'd prefer someone like Take Two or um, Activision or or whomever 
picks him up. Not not EA. <laughs> Given their past handling of, of well, even Activision, <laughs> just take just take two, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the way kind of take two, kind of their developers below, you know, under them like 2K and and Rockstar. They kind of give it a little bit of freedom to them to, to kind of govern themselves to a degree. I do like that approach. So they they might be the right kind of stable for a Rockstar Lord of the Rings game, though. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think though I don't think Warner Bros owned the the license to Lord of the Rings anymore. Ugh. I think that lapsed after Shadow of War. I could be wrong, but I, I think so and I, and I did read something similar oh, yeah, on on yeah. the matter. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately true. I don't think Lord of the Rings would be tied in there, yeah. but we got Harry Potter though for a bit. <laughs> Harry, yeah, Harry Potter, DC, Lego, and then of course Mortal Kombat, which is an actual mm. gaming license that they own uh, so that there would be a lot there for for picking up um but i mean it really depends on on what's included there because i, I would question that four billion value if those like if there's some sort of i'm not i'm not i don't expect an indefinite license on dc or or harry potter or anything like that but you know maybe even 10 years or 15 years or something would would make that deal a lot, a lot sweeter for for a company like Microsoft, but it, it does seem that they're they're not going to slow down on on acquisitions. It's been a while since they've announced any, but there has been kind of more rumors and and kind of suggestions in the news over recent months of of different acquisitions they might be looking at. So. I really, for me, as I said, though, it, this this particular one on whether I think it'd be a good move for for Microsoft or not is completely dependent on those that licensing deal. I mean, what what do you think? It's uh, like for me as an Xbox person, it'd be class. Uh, obviously, four billion is a lot of money for three biggest studios: Rocksteady, Monolith. The people who do Neverrealm, Neverrealm, that's for people. And then there's Avalanche, but there's like twelve Avalanches, isn't there? And this one's yeah, not, not the big one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the one that used to work on uh, the Disney Infinity yeah. games. Yeah, and they're apparently the team that are working on that Harry Potter RPG. Oh, so and be then their first big big game. The other now there might be more studios contained, but the other studio I know is definitely in there is. The studio behind Batman Arkham Origins, who are also working on the next Batman Arkham game. And they just called uh, the game studios. WB Games Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, so they'd be in there as well. Mm. Um, and they're good. Like, I think that game gets a, a, a tough time. I thought it was a really solid game. And I know a lot of, when, when, of the, the purists. Yeah. When Arkham Knight came out, it. I was a bit more, I was a bit nicer to it when Arkham Knight came out, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, that game definitely had its its problems mm. as well. But, I mean, a, a lot of people seem to think that Rocksteady shunned that game as well because they were unhappy about the license being given to another studio. But that's not really true. I mean, it, it did, wasn't contained in the collection, but at the same time, there's a lot of kind of references and Easter eggs in the subsequent Rocksteady Arkham games about Origin. So they definitely tie it into the lore. And I, I doubt that was forced on them in any sense. I mean, uh, there, 
I, I don't think Warner Brothers was going to rock the, the boat by forcing anything on Rocksteady. Mm. So they, they do acknowledge the game as being mm. as part of the series, but they are another studio in there. So there's definitely at least five studios and mm. five studios that have done good games in the past. So There's another question. I mean, regardless of Microsoft buying it, if whoever gets it, obviously Rocksteady, I think it got eventually confirmed, they are making a Suicide Squad game or might be just a, a rumour with a tad more behind it. Would you, if you bought it and then there's licensing disagreements however many years in the row, would you rather Rocksteady just continue churning out superhero games or would you rather them have a original plan? I suppose I could do both if there's more funding or more freedom or whatever, I suppose. And then, say, Xbox get it, you could hand over Batman or any other uh, DC character to one of the other million studios they bought. But uh, what what would you do? I mean, Rocksteady with more creative freedom would be something, I suppose, but it might depend on how well the Suicide Squad game goes, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. I mean, obviously, I feel to a degree they probably got burned out a little bit on Batman, mm. at least, you know, and we've seen signs of that with, with Arkham Knight. I mean, it, in some ways it was a great game, in other ways it was a, a little bit of a mess. The goddamn car. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, they they weren't the, the best sequences at all. So I think it really depends on them and what they want to do. I mean, uh, you know, obviously they they apparently they wanted to do a Suicide Squad game. That this was their idea. Right. So uh, you know, if this does come to fruition, and and I, I believe there's some weight behind the 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 rumors. It's it's a bit more of a rumor than a rumor now. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see how this game turns out. I mean, maybe they are happy to continue working on superhero games mm. if, if they're able to kind of dip into the stable of DC superheroes and pick and choose what they want to work with. And if that's the case, kind of let them at it. But at the same time, if they want to go away and do something else, you know, they are a top studio. So I think you could have that trust in them to, to go away and, and work on a new IP or, you know possibly one of the whatever publisher they end up with maybe one of their existing ips if they so wish i mean mm. they are one of those studios i feel can can pick their own project and you can kind of have faith in them yeah yeah i think um my love for the last two shadow of Mordor and war games i think monolith would be quite a Christ, I'm talking like it's a football thing. You're quite underrated in this deal because I mean the last the the last Lord of the Ring games have been something special. Maybe obviously don't have the license as you say with Lord of the Rings, but if they've got creative freedom wherever the hell it goes, or even if it stays at Warner Brothers, whether they make something in the DC realm or whatever Harry Potter realm, Monolith making third person adventure games might not might got might got get the last of us part two ratings and stuff like that but you're going to get an eight out of ten game yeah certainly i mean i remember when shadow of mordor came out and it was it was probably my game a year that that year now i, I never quite got around to shadow of, of war and i'm, I'm not Ooh. sure if that's because you sure. know maybe that kind of the the negative kind of feeling around the game because mm. of the way that the microtransactions mm. worked and that i mean it, but that that 
shouldn't take away because you know by all accounts the game itself was was pretty solid it's just uh, that was a, an unfortunate ex- inclusion that may have been a, a publisher decision rather than a developer decision I'd, yeah. I'd probably I'd bet my You'd money on so. that being the case yeah. that's what YouTube saw <laughs> uh, watch the end sorry you go but uh, you know I, I just uh, I'd, I'd be with you there I'd, I'd like to see what they could do next really I mean they've been quiet for a while I'm, I'm not sure mm. kind of what they're Next game is. Um, I mean, has that been announced? I'm going to see if I can find. They're not anything. making that Gollum game, are they? No, that's uh, another studio. Which, which, funny talking oh, about yeah. talking about um, the yeah, no. So the last game they did was Shadow of War. That was back in 2017. So nothing seems announced yet. Talking about studio acquisition acquisitions i think sony are being linked with picking up this holding company based out of hong kong that own a, a handful of studios throughout the world and, and one of the studios they own is the company that's working on the golem game and i believe they right. might hold the rights to lord of the rings at the moment right. as far as games go so sony might if they do pick them up i, I don't know how that'll work if sony will pick up the the rights to lord of the rings for a while could could well be the case. Could could be one of the reasons mm. they're looking at it. That makes sense. That'd annoy me. <laughs> uh, that would annoy me. Um, yeah, I didn't realize Gollum was just a VR game unless I've clicked on the wrong thing. I thought it was a game game. Hmm. Anyway. Um. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. That'll probably be a developing story we'll talk about on many podcasts. Um. Ubisoft stuff. Obviously, before we go on to the forward stuff, um, there was obviously... Ooh, how do I word this? There was a lot of resignations at Ubisoft just before the event due to... How do I word this? Was it sexual assault or was it misconduct? How did they word it? I think it was misconduct, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was misconduct. Mm, so, obviously, Ubisoft... There was quite a few higher-ups there, wasn't I think the bloke who was pretty much second-in-command of Ubisoft, he obviously resigned. Uh, the lead on Valhalla, he resigned a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Now, with, with him, just you know, to, mm. for, for clarity there, I think with him it wasn't kind of allegations of, of uh, sexual misconduct. It was more so some of his private life came to life. I think that he'd had an oh, affair. Oh, it was adultery, wasn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, he decided to step away from his role, kind of to, to take some time to to kind of fix, you kind of work things out with his family and, and get his life in order. Um, now there's been differing opinions on that, on you know, kind of people kind of blame internet reaction to forcing him out of his role. That's not the impression I got. I, I think I, it felt to me like that was a decision he made because of the the information mm-hmm. breaking. You know, kind of to 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 um work on on his private life, and that that's certainly his right to do that. But I, I think as right now, the understanding is that he's going to come back to his role right. after okay. after a hiatus. But there are a lot of other people. Um, I, I believe there was some people involved with um Beyond Good and Evil too, which I'm sure we'll talk about when we're talking about the games that were missing from Ubisoft Forward. Spoilers. Um, that that uh, were kind of 
involved in in these accusations and and have you know since since uh, left their roles um which i mean could could spell disaster for for that game as far as its development cycle goes but Ubisoft has certainly been rocked by these allegations. And I mean, so much so that they, they released a statement prior to Ubisoft Forward stating that Ubisoft Forward had been pre-recorded, so wouldn't directly address the the, the scandal that, that had gone on in, at the company in recent weeks that, that had since come to light. And they said that they'll they'll talk about it when they're ready. So I don't know whether that's going to be at the next Ubisoft forward or if they're going to, mm. you know, maybe they'll release something in the meantime, possibly Yves Guimon talking about it um, or maybe just some form of press release. I'm not sure what form that'll take, but mm. I mean, it just seems there's something new every day as, as far as Ubisoft goes. And, and you know, let, let's not, Let's not be naive here. It's not the only company it goes on. It's not the only company that news is broke about in in recent weeks. I mean, it's 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 been widespread across the the gaming industry between kind of uh, news outlets, developers, publishers, and it's not the first time something like this has happened. But Ubisoft just seems to be taking the spotlight at the moment as as far as these a lot of these stories go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can do more in depth or more of an opinion when more stuff breaks and Ubisoft address it themselves and stuff like that. But uh, we'll move on to the game. But we we obviously have to bring it up. Um, do you actually want to talk about the pre-show? Because I didn't watch it apart from like the first, the last two minutes before the show started. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. If there wasn't much in it. For me, I mean, I thought it was an interesting approach that rather than putting all a lot of these small things in the actual Ubisoft Forward showcase, they decided to get them out of the way in the, the pre-show because it was just kind of little content updates and uh, new songs and Just Dance 2020. I mean, you know, how did Just Dance not make it into the show? That's unheard of for, for Ubisoft. But I, I thought it was an interesting approach to, to get those things out of the way in the pre-show. I mean, but that that would be my only commentary as far as the pre-show show goes, because just you know, the uh, none of it just so happens none of those games I currently play. I don't, I don't play the Division mm-hmm. Two. I don't play Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I mean, did anything at all that it was was of interest to you out of the the news that came out of that? Interest is the wrong word, but I was shocked that Ghost Recon Breakpoint didn't have AI teammates. That was... uh, I thought that was kind of the whole point of the Ghost Recon games, was having a team. Not to have that in is pretty stupid, I think. The the old Ghost Recon games were all about commanding your your squad, but... It's 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 changed a lot from from back in the day when I used to play it on um, PS2. What the hell was the other one? Was it Wildlands? It's Wildlands? I can't remember what yeah, it's called. Yeah, Wildlands. That's how forgettable. But yeah, even Wildlands, I mean, it wasn't as dedicated to teamwork, but you still needed a bit of help now and again. But to not have the option seems a bit daft. It can't be that, that hard for a, a games company that literally specialises in this type of game. To have AI teammates and from the same... What is it? It must be about... Did that come out last year? 
Jesus. I did not give yeah, one. I did, I did not give one toss on this game. Uh, but no, I think that's the only thing I took away from him, and I could not give less of a toss about that game, to be honest. Um, shall we get into the show, then? I mean, the game we knew was pretty much going to be there. Well, we knew. We imagine we could have picked out most things that showed there, and we did. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion. Um, from last E3, it was probably one of the our highlights, certainly mine. Um, and it didn't disappoint. Again, this this was probably my favorite thing of the show, to be honest. Yeah, I thought it was a, a really good showing as far as Watch Dogs Legion goes. I mean, uh, to be honest, this this game always intrigues me when it's it's shown off. I mean, the the whole premise is is really cool. Um, they didn't show too much new, but I think they just showed more of the same because it, it had a large showing last E3, so it's, it's not like they needed to, to show much more to, to sell people on it. And it was interesting. They seemed to like show kind of like a short movie beforehand relating to the game world um, before they kind of got into it, kind of given some practical demonstrations and missions. And I thought it was an interesting way of, of showing off the game. Um, I'm, this one definitely is, is one that I've said it in the past and I'll, I'll say it again. This is definitely a game that, that has my interest because it, it seems while it's, it's in a genre that's a well-saturated one, it, it seems to be going about things in its own way. It's a, it's not every day you get a game where everyone in the game world is basically a playable character. Yeah. And it, it's so interesting because I think <clears throat> I haven't played Watch Dogs 2, but Watch Dogs 1, I literally couldn't tell you what the character was called. Um, so maybe having a forgettable protagonist, a, I don't want to say a suffering franchise, but obviously Watch Dogs 1 had a lot of promise and failed to deliver. Watch Dogs 2 was kind of fighting a, a losing battle. And Watch Dogs 3 is just maybe they've made a game that that's completely that unique and that mental and obviously not calling it but Watch Dogs 3 seems maybe a smidge of a rebrand yeah I'd say so I mean it, it, it's like the the series obviously does like a, almost like a, a soft reboot in, in a way because I think like the, the series it's not like it's it's been a badly received series in any sense but obviously with the first game it's an issue showing it never quite lived up to that it, it ended up being a solid enough title but it you know it, it always kind of had that over, hanging over it that those, those initial trailers promised too much then obviously Watch Dogs 2 came about and it was well received but I don't think it was ever a, a massive title in any sense. And I I think there's a lot of belief behind Watch Dogs Legion that it, it can well surpass those previous titles. So it, it will be interesting to see how this, this game performs when it when it eventually launches. And then we know when it's going to launch, October 29th. Mm. And that's, that's not too far away. I mean, we're only talking three and a half months. And the, the thing about that is, Obviously, Cyberpunk got put back to, when was it, like November 17th, 19th, whenever the hell it was, um, which yeah. we imagine is literally right next to console launch, but we'll probably, hopefully, I'll say, I won't say probably, hopefully no more on that next week with Xbox, hopefully releasing a, a launch 
window at least. Um, but end of October, it may give you a couple weeks for the last goodbye to this gen. But I mean, <clears throat> it's just the it's the continued dilemma for any game coming out. Probably post September for me is would you rather have it on next gen or this gen? And Watchdog Legions to me looks like a next gen game, so it might be one I wait for to be honest. Yeah, no, it it seems to definitely have next gen in in mind. I mean, I'd wonder if obviously we expected this game originally to come out earlier in the year. It kind of got delayed, and I wonder if that was to take more time to kind of gear it towards next gen. They obviously had a little appearance by Phil Spencer in the the show to to talk about how the the game will get smart delivery um, uh, for Xbox Series X, and you know it'll, it'll. take advantage of of kind of next gen features like like ray tracing so and i think it was announced then subsequently that it'll also get a free upgrade for ps5 so i i certainly i think we we talked about that with um as far as um cyberpunk goes as you said that you know kind of now you have that dilemma do you wait and play a game on on next gen and, and get the best out of it i mean as i'm even having it with games that i don't think will release or at least get like kind of upgraded versions for the next gen but just simply based on the fact that they're going to load faster because of the the uh solid drive mm-hmm. you know is it better to wait you know how much time will i save on, on not having to wait for loading screens and the like so it's it's definitely something you have to consider now, you know, as as we're in the run up to to the release of these consoles and and Watch Dogs Legion is is definitely going to be one of those titles, especially because it's it's only going to be probably two three weeks before the launch mm-hmm. of the consoles. So I think think uh, a lot of people could could consider waiting for the the new consoles to, to start playing the game. Will your main character be the granny? It sounds like you can have kind of your posse of characters and pick different characters for different missions, which I like, because I wondered would I be tied down to a certain character until they die or until I recruit a new character and choose to replace them. So I like the idea of being able to, to switch through. I mean, was it just me or was that construction worker supposed to be Irish? I, <laughs> I think so. Uh, and then Was the football hooligan? What was he? Was he? He was a cockney, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a non-British person making that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that I, I think he was Irish with a not very Irish accent. Yeah, I think that was the mm. the intended approach. So I had, yes. a, had a, a laugh at well, that one. <laughs> that's the problem when a game's set in London and it's made, it's Montreal who's making it, isn't it? I think it is. Um, when it's uh. North American slash Canadian team making it. They they don't know they don't know what Britain's like. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Uh but um oh Christ. I say moving on. After this until Assassin's Creed was a bit of a mess. <laughs> uh Brawl Holler for phones. Yay? Uh, um, yeah, I'm more of a Smash Bros man myself. Um, can you yeah, get Smash no. Bros on phone? <laughs> True, you probably you can. can't. But I can play it on my 3DS, or I can That's just true. make my Switch um, portable anyway. 
Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd echo what you said there. It was a little messy. I mean, when they announced the release date for Watch Dogs Legion, I, I thought then it was a really great start. But then suddenly they went back into Watch Dogs Legion and talked to a level designer. <laughs> and no disrespect to her, but I, I just kind of thought it was a little long in the tooth. That was kind of the time to move on to something. They did eventually move on to Brawlhalla and they had like a little trailer and then talked about how it's releasing for iOS and Android on August 6th and they'll be cross-play with other platforms. And Brawlhalla is just not something that interests me. It's It, it feels like it, it could have been an announcement that was in the pre-show. It seems more in line with what they announced in the pre-show than what the, the main kind of games they focused on in the main show. It just was strange to me. And then they went on to have kind of a almost a couple of hype trailers for, for two of their mobile titles, Might and Magic Era of Chaos and Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which at first I thought Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which of course I've heard of in the past, was Hyperscape. I was getting really confused. If, <laughs> is this their new Battle Royale game? Now, of course, Hyperscape came next and we'll talk about that in a moment mm. but I just thought Brawlhalla and Might of Magic Era of Chaos and Tom Clancy's Elite Squad I know mobile gaming is, is, is big for these companies but I feel these three things could have been in the pre-show that's just my personal take I don't know what you what your opinion was on those uh, yeah I agree I agree but I suppose they've got to thicken up the show somehow I suppose but I kind of zoned out when Might and Magic came on, and Tom Clancy's kind of interested me because I thought it might have been something. I even thought, okay, it's a mobile game, but who everyone plays a mobile game now and again. And it's only on Apple, so I can't even play it. I've got Samsung, <laughs> so I can't play it, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, that, that was the lull period. I think every show has a lull period. I mean, even the PlayStation 1 had... Uh, what the hell was that? That strawberry murder game just before the end that was bad um hyperscape this was very long for a game that was pc only yeah no i think it is coming to, to consoles eventually um but for for now obviously the beta is only available on on pc i know this is a game obviously they announced it uh you know a week or so ago it's there battle royale game you know like a lot of companies that are doing these they they kind of want to give it the limelight and push it hard but i just you know we've talked a lot about we were only talking about fortnite earlier we've talked a lot about different battle royale games you know across the the time we've been doing this podcast and i think a common opinion we've often had is that there's only room for so many and i think fortnite and PUBG and call of duty and Halo's rumored to have one as well. <laughs> Apex Legends, yeah. There's just there's a saturation there. I think there's only so it's similar to, to kind of the Destiny division type games. There's only room mm. for so many. You know, they they kind of control the the the, the player base there. And I, I think it's it's impressive that that um, you know obviously Call of Duty was obviously going to carve out an audience among its own audience, but. I mean, it was impressive that Apex Legends has picked up a, a solid following, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't think there's room for much more. And I, I didn't see anything from Hyperscape yet that sets it apart from the others. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of, it, it just seems like they got Apex Legends and Fortnite and just kind of slam them together. That's yeah. what, it seems, what it feels like to me. And 
I, you know, I know I'm probably not the audience for this because I've, you know, I've, I've played a bit of Apex Legends and Fortnite in the past, and particularly with Apex Legends, I've had some fun, but I'm not quite the audience for these games, but I just, you know, for looking from the outside in, I just don't see how this game picks up a, a you know, a following. I don't see how it attracts a, a player base, and I, I could see this kind of being scrapped before long potentially and I I also just don't see the, the need I mean for me Ubisoft have their um, their, their kind of multiplayer games that are popular they have Rainbow Six Siege which has picked up a you know a, a notable following and has been going for years and obviously that, that game got a, a little bit of a, a no, we, I didn't put it in the notes but obviously it was mentioned during mm-hmm. the show and that's a testament to how popular that game is. I mean, you got to work on your own niche and, and not try to be what everyone else is being and I, I just, I mean, Hyperscape just seems it, it just seems cop, like copycat material to me. I'm just, mm. you know, no disrespect to Ubisoft, but I, I just, I just personally don't see the attraction. No, I'm right there with you. I mean, if it came out on console tomorrow, I'd probably give it a go just because there's nothing else to play. But, um, I say that goes to Shishima's open for it. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that at the end. Um, but yeah, I'm with you there. It just looks like they're trying to get a slice of the pie three years too late, two years too late, but you think Fortnite and PUBG, they were the, they were the first two pillars of it, weren't they, really? Then, I can't remember what came out first, Blackout or Apex, but them two came along, kind of knocked PUBG a bit, um, and then Warzone came along, and now that's pretty much the king at the moment, I imagine. Um, but you've got, well, you've already had, um, I know it's not Ubisoft, but you had Battlefields, that kind of fell flat on its face really um and that's coming across that's coming with battlefield which is a big franchise probably the second biggest shooting franchise uh, maybe um quite possibly yeah it's and i mentioned halo there halo i'll be very hypocritical here but i would play halo battle royale well that's because it's attached to halo if Ubisoft were going to make a proper BR, why wouldn't you attach it to Rainbow Six, uh, Ghost Recon? Uh, trying to think of something else. <laughs> Splinter Cell, I don't know how the hell that would work. But surely you've got all these big franchises. I'm not saying make an Assassin's Creed Battle Royale, but I'd probably play that. It sounds much more fun than Hyperscape. Um, but you've got all these franchises and you've got Assassin's Creed, which has not been an Assassin's Creed game for about five years now. That's probably being kind. And you're kind of just keeping that as a tag for a name. Surely you'd think just tag a name onto it and make a game. It'd help at the very least, but no, a hyperscape for me. PC only beta, couldn't care less. Not going to play it on PC because I don't have access to it. And when it comes to console, I imagine we'll all be on next gen there, especially people who are planning on getting it straight away. And, BRs are probably, you'd imagine, have run its course by then, unless the Halo one is really, really good for me. But I've not played Warzone in a while. I haven't played Fortnite in a years. Not probably about a year. 
Uh, I haven't played Apex in a good few months either, so I think the Battle Royale thing for me personally has died. I will give the Halo one a go if it is a, if there is a Halo one, but I'd rather play the Halo story and Halo multiplayer if I'm honest. So yeah, it's the ba the, the very late to the Battle Royale thing, and I I agree with you. I think this game will just go away eventually. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, you're, you're right there. When when a, a Battle Royale is a, attached to a property people already care about, like with Call of Duty, and, and if it is the case with Halo, that's different to launching something new because there's already an existing player base for those Even series Apex there. was attached to Titanfall. <laughs> to, yeah, to, to, to a degree. Um, there, there was certainly that association. But like as I said, Apex Legends managed to carve out an audience, and I think that that game deserves a lot of plaudits for that. But I'm not sure Lightning is going to strike twice, um, especially given the, the the time lapse that, that there has been. I just I just don't have any hopes for Hyperscape. I mean, I wish wish it all the best. I I, I wouldn't wish any game um, to to be unsuccessful. I mean, that there's there's no need for that. I know there are plenty of people on the internet who do when it comes to certain games, certain companies, but I'm not one of those people. But I just, you know, looking at it from a, a com completely just analyzing the lay of the land, I, I just don't see how this game fine digs out an audience for itself. But I, I suppose time will tell. We'll see kind of how it's received across the data in the next few weeks. And sort of take it from there then really as as, as far mm. as its, its potential success goes. I watched a little bit on it. Because I think they did a, a day where streamers, and obviously that's a big part of it, with crowd interaction and stuff, which didn't really come across that well whilst you're watching it. Um, I do, yeah, meh. It, it just wasn't that. Uh, it wasn't that entertaining to watch, or it wasn't that different to watch. Like, I've had more fun watching people play COD. I don't really watch people play Fortnite because I'm not 12. Um, but yeah, it's just. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Having a niche of being able to interact with something, you'd probably have it more meaningful than, oh, you can reveal someone on the map. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but anyway, we're, neither of us are probably going to talk about this again unless it is literally somehow the next fortnight and we'll have to talk about every bloody show but uh, we'll move on um assassin's creed um from what we saw this felt a bit tame compared to what we've seen previously to me well i mean we finally seen some some gameplay which was nice <laughs> that's um... actually gameplay <laughs> Uh, I mean, I can certainly see where you're coming from. It, it wasn't quite my takeaway, but I think that's because I was viewing it from a way of, you know, I'm already interested in this game. Mm. I like what I've heard, and I liked more of what I heard. I, I don't really need to see a lot more on this game um, to, to kind of build my interest in it because it it's already has my interest. Um, you know, I, I liked the way they kind of focused on talking about combat um, they they talked about how there's the, the most enemy types there's ever been in an Assassin's Creed game, how the enemies kind of approach combat in kind of different ways than, than they used to. I think one, one example was an enemy, a fairly large enemy, picking up the dead body of a smaller enemy <laughs> and throwing, <laughs> throwing it at the player. <laughs> so uh, I thought that was quite fun. Um, it, it seems like you as well have a lot more options for, for combat. You can dual wield any weapon, even yes. two shields, yes. if you decide to, whatever reason. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's certainly not the first game to allow that, but it's it's a rarity. Um, you've you've got your throwing axes, you've got your bow, you've got your standard weapons, and then obviously you have, a, I think, what was called like a Viking harpoon, which was like a rope with a blade tied to the bottom of it, which you can use. Uh, to impale enemies and kind of pull them about the place. And of course, you know, they showed in the trailer that the, the hidden blade is back for this game, um, which is, is always a lot of fun. So personally, I'm, I'm just excited to be able to play as a Viking and just go around and kill me some Anglo-Saxons. But, you know, I, I suppose kind of looking at it objectively, people might have been expecting a, a little bit more of a a big blowout on this one. Mm. I suppose the game sells itself, doesn't it, really? Um, I don't know, I just felt... I know it's very, it's prob- it was probably, I don't know, beta footage, maybe? I don't know whatever the hell you'd call it. Not pre-alpha footage, which makes no sense. Um, but it, I don't know, it just didn't look as polished as what I thought it'd be like I remember watching I think it was obviously E3 when they did Odyssey and it was like ooh that looks damn pretty I didn't really have the same feeling with this one maybe it's just because of the presentation or whatever I mean I'll still get this and I'll still love it because it's a Viking Viking Assassin's Creed game Uh, but I don't know I just I, I felt the presentation of it it didn't match other Assassin's Creed games I've I've seen at, at, at shows like these, obviously in very different settings, but hmm, it was just strange. Maybe the Xbox thing the other month, if that was coupled with it, without that, it would have felt a bit better, I suppose. But um, 
Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I like the, st- I like the look of the town customization. We've not... I don't think we've had that... We had a bit of it in Black Flag, didn't we? But we've not really had a town thing since... Was it... Brotherhood? It was 2 or 2.5. I can't remember which one it was. Uh... Three, you had your your um, kind of uh, I did not finish or whatever you got. But yeah, um, in three, you had kind of your where your house was, and, and other people could move in mm. and set up sawmills and, and different things like that. Um, they never really did too much with that mechanic after three. I mean, I think it was um completely absent from from black flag and from because i mean i think with those games and afterwards your ship mm. became more of the focus yeah in, in subsequent games um i i don't know i i never really played unity or um no i didn't play syndicate or syndicate so i'm not too sure you kind of if there was anything like that in those no, I don't think there was anything in Unity. Unity just had the glitches and online, didn't it? <laughs> uh, Unity was a mess. <laughs> That's what that was. Uh, but yeah. no, I mean, the one where you... I can't even remember which one it was. What's the other version 2 called? It's Brotherhood and Revelations. I think it might have been Revelations. Yeah. Um, it's where you made your own town and stuff like that. I think that... But uh, this looks, it looks a bit more detailed because you obviously customize it a bit more for other stuff and stuff like that. I I just explained that really stupidly, but it, it looks like you can make a whole town and hopefully there is an actual use for it, other, unlike other other games like this. But um, what what did you think of the um, the raids and stuff like that, and obviously Norse mythology bosses, which we've kind of seen in. Uh, especially in Origins, you get to fight Egyptian bosses and stuff like that. It seems to, seems to have kind of mixed a bit of all the other previous titles, which is kind of what you want from a sequel, I suppose. Yeah, I like that kind of in the more recent games how they've had kind of the mythological creatures and they kind of uh, make sense of them by, by suggesting that they're kind of created from Isu artifacts. Um to, to explain their existence. I, I've always enjoyed that, fighting kind of the Cyclops and the Minotaur and the likes in, in Odyssey. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to kind of taking on some, some Norse mythological bosses. Um, although I, I suppose we kind of got to do that in God of War, so <laughs> there might be a bit of crossover there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's interesting kind of some of the, the new features. I mean, apparently you can swap gender of your character on the fly and there's on actual, the fly yeah oh, it's gosh. tied into the game how mm. that makes sense so i'm right, very okay. intrigued to, to see how they make sense of how you can instantly change your your gender from from male to female and vice versa um but it, like it, it just seems like they're kind of taking what worked in origins and odyssey and then not really trying to reinvent the wheel but just kind of trying to tweak things and add little things in and i mean I, i'm happy with that because you know they were excellent games and you know as although it's interesting because i think the one major criticism of odyssey and and i have that as well that same criticism is that it's too big and they they seem to have kind of honed in on that and i've talked about a lot how this game's going to be smaller and they've said it will have virtually no side quests 
And then people in the industry who've played it have come out and said, well, that's not quite true because I've played it and there are. <laughs> I've done a few. I did some side quests in the demo. So I think it's, you know, at least now maybe I'm wrong, but my takeaway from that is that you won't have kind of the things in, in Odyssey. Like if, if you recall in Odyssey, when you go to a town, there's kind of like a message board and you get missions like kill all the wolves and kill the bandits at this camp and like i'd imagine it's that kind of thing they're stomping out rather yeah, than stomping so. out actual that, that, side that quests had a, with that a story has a place. The, the basically fetch quests are yeah poison, hopefully there's not many uh tagging tailing missions that's the word i'm looking for because they, they're they're proper boring as well so i mean if they slim down the the side content i think it could work but i mean even origins which i enjoyed more than odyssey that had a lot of side missions I completely screwed off. <laughs> I couldn't be asked. Uh, so yeah, hope, if they have honed it down and the side missions mm, are meaningful, it, it it sounds like they're learning at least, and hopefully it's not just BS. Uh, if the inside of the people who've played it uh, do just mean there is side missions, but there's no fetch quests or whatever. It sounds like it'll be hopefully the perfect mix of Odyssey and Origins, because uh, both of them did have criticism. But uh, if this is the perfect blend, I mean, I'm not saying Assassin's Creed games haven't been Game of the Year contenders, because I mean Odyssey and Origins probably were, but this could be. It's it's a very tough year, obviously, but it could be up there, I suppose. But I mean, Last of Us Part Two and Cyberpunk, it might not be, but uh, it could genuinely be a contender. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me um, if it if it's up there, if it lives up kind of to, to those previous titles and, and the promise it's showing. Um, as you said, the, the, these forerunners were definitely The Last of Us Part Two and uh, Cyberpunk, despite that game not actually even being out yet, but we just kind of, I think it's almost a given that it's, it's going to be in the conversation and, and one of the main contenders. But there's other games that have come out, like Final Fantasy VII Remake, that I, I think will be one of kind of on the sh- a lot of kind of publication shortlists. And I, I do think you know when you're kind of previewing the rest of the year, this is one of the titles that that you would look at potentially being up there, and and possibly Watch Dogs Legion too, depending on how that turns oh, out. Ghost, Ghost as well, you can mention that. That got what was it nine out of ten this morning or this afternoon. So yeah, go, yeah, I was going to say go, go to the team is doing quite well in the, the reviews. So, um, you know, I think they'll definitely be the, the kind of games that are up there. I mean, how's it doing on Metacritic right now? Go to the team while we're mentioning it. It's got an 84 on Metacritic currently based on 80, 86 reviews. And that's not, you know, Metacritic's not the be all end all, but it gives you kind of a, a mm. rough idea. Um, so it's it's getting some some notable scores for sure. So it will be interesting to see kind of which, which games end up being been talked about up there. Um, but Valhalla is certainly one of the contenders, I'd say, at this this you know kind of in in terms of making purely based on on predictions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It'd be interesting. Hopefully, it's not a damp squiff. <laughs> For the love of God, if, it, yeah, if it's finally a Viking Assassin's Creed and it's shit, I will be very annoyed. Uh dear. Um, 
But what was meant to be the surprise of the show, which obviously got leaked and pretty much released uh, the day before, was Far Cry 6, starring Gus Fring. Uh, I can't, I'm doing a very disrespectful thing to the actor, but I know him as Gus Fring, and I will call him Gus Fring till I Google his name. Um, Ginlaco Esposito. I will stick with Gus Fring because I will butcher his name, which is more disrespectful. <laughs> I already butchered his name. Yeah, exactly. So we, we can take it that way, but that, that is an attempt mm. at his name. Yes. So there we go. I mean, at its peak, Far Cry was a game that I would look out for all the time. Like, three and four, oh my god, they're, 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 mint, they're mint games. Then we got Far Cry Primal, which wasn't a full numbered game, but never played that, didn't really have interest. I probably would enjoy it, but it just never really piqued my interest. Far Cry 5, I played at uh, EGX, uh, it just didn't feel it didn't feel like a Far Cry game. Like I know it's America and there's stuff like that. But America it's not really the setting I'd associate with a Far Cry. Far Cry is meant to be exotic, not I think it was like in the Midwest of America if I remember correctly. And then they brought out Far Cry New Dawn. Um but this look it looks interesting. I mean it's got the perfect actor for it because that bloke played a psychopath beautifully well in Breaking Bad. Um, and the setting, it looks like either Cuba, Cuba-ish or, I don't know, probably Venezuela or something like that. Um, some South America or Ireland off, off America. Um, it looks like it's more, obviously there's not loads to go off, but it looks like they've got the villain back to um, Vaz and, I can't remember the bloody name of the one on four, but it looks like they've made the villain the centre point, which is probably the right thing to do considering Far Cry 3 and 4. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd be right there with you. I mean, obviously I dabbled with the earlier Far Cry games at the first game, which was just very different to the subsequent games. There was a different developer as well. Um, then obviously Far Cry 2, I remember I picked up on 360, and that was kind of the first one that started to kind of formulate this this open world formula that the, the games are known for now. But I think it really hit for me with Far Cry 3, which um, I believe Matt, who we previously obviously had on the, the podcast to review The Witcher 3, he picked it up, played through it, and then was just waxing lyrical about it and, and urged me to play it. So I played it and it was an excellent game. And I think... It was largely carried by its its villain Voss, who was just you know one of, one of the most memorable villains in in video game history. And then that was followed up then with the the kind of mini game uh, of sorts, a kind of the downloadable title Far Cry Blood Dragon, which was kind of a, a kind of almost a, a satire on eighties action movies and. You know, it involved like um, kind of laser guns and dinosaurs and mm. all sorts. But it was an excellent game. And then, as you said, then Far, Far Cry 4 kind of debuted on the, this generation on, on the PS4. And again, it had, had a really strong villain, which kind of led the way. But I think kind of after that, like Far Cry 4 was an excellent game. But I, I just feel... 
I personally burned out a little bit because you know they're mm. they're not short games yeah. and you know they're 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 somewhat similar. I'm, I'm not going to say repetitive. I, I wouldn't quite go that far, but they are similar in a way. So I feel I just kind of burned out personally. And I I liked. I was excited about Far Cry Primal. I liked you know kind of they were trying to do something a little different. And I did pick it up, but I just never got around to playing it. And, and again, I liked what I've seen from Far Cry Five. Far Cry Five, they kind of drifted away from having one villain and, and more kind of putting the focus on, on a cult. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly liked what i seen, but it's just I still felt like it had been too, because the, the games were releasing quite soon after each other for a while. It, it just felt like, you know, another game too soon after Far Cry 4. And then I think then was Far Cry New Dawn, Mm. which was kind of a, a spin-off of Far Cry 5. But unlike, you know, it wasn't a short title in any sense. It was it, its own kind of standalone full-length title. And again, it, it, just, it just felt like they were kind of oversaturating the series. But I have to say, for whatever reason, Far Cry 6 is really doing it for me. And it might be because of having Gianlarco Esposito playing the villain, knowing what a great actor he is and how, you know, he's he's often plays the villain because he's so damn good at it. It, it really excites me, you know, thinking, are, are we going to see, kind of, is, is, is lightning going to strike a third time almost as far as, than producing a game that's that's carried by by its villain rather than by its protagonist, so I'm I am very intrigued and kind of see how this this turns out. It, it it seems like they're going all out with the the cast. I think the the his son the the character has been played by the actor who voices the main character in Coco, uh, the Pixar movie. Oh, and I can't, okay. Can't think of the actor's name at the moment, but obviously he's he's notable. So they're certainly pulling out all the stops here. And the setting, like it is supposed to be a uh, an island nation inspired by Cuba. The idea of a game set in Cuba really excites me. It's not something we've really seen before. We've seen Cuba kind of touched upon in games. I remember, um, I think it was The Godfather 2, yes. I believe. Yes, had a was, had yeah. a, a small yeah. part of the game that that took place in Cuba, and I really enjoyed that game. But there's there's never really been a full game set there, so that that really excites me personally. So I, I think this could be the Far Cry game that finally breaks my personal hiatus from the series. Yeah, and we got a release date on that uh, as well, which was I've closed the notes and February twenty first. That's the one. I have too many tabs open on my phone. Uh, we uh, November seventeenth as well for Assassin's Creed. I don't think we mentioned that, but uh, February twenty first. I mean, it might be not a lull period, but it might be the end of the honeymoon period for the next gen console. So it might be in that nice spot where we're still we're waiting for the next batch of big stuff to come through, and that's kind of where Ubisoft always has that that sleeper game in in that February March spot, don't they? So. It, it might be what maybe not straight away, but Ubisoft sales are on they're pretty much DF, DFS sales are on all bloody year. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it, it might be one I pick up, but yeah, have, having 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 uh, Gus Fring um, in there, it it it's interesting. It's interesting for me. I mean, uh, Pagan Min's the name of the one and four. He was the star of four. Voz was the pale, uh, 
star of three. So having him the star of six makes all the sense to me. And we, we've seen this in a good few games, having having uh, famous people as the villains. I think we had um, a couple in COD, didn't we? We had Kevin, Kevin Spacey, we had um, John Snow, Christ, why can't I remember? Kit Harrington, that's his bloody name. Him in, <laughs> in, in um, Infinite Warfare. Um, but it seems to be seems to be quite a more common thing having celebrities as villains in it now. And and for me, he's probably the perfect one. Yeah. I mean, uh, as, as, as I said before, he's, he, he really, when you think of an actor to play a villain, he's probably one of, if, if not the first name to, to, to come to mind. Um, so I think it's a it's an excellent choice for from for Ubisoft for the casting and particularly considering the the setting. I, I wonder what came first did, did they decide to do a game based on the fictitious Cuba and approach him, or did they kind of earmark him as as the perfect choice for a villain and and kind of set the game around him? He, I mean, he's that good that although the latter sounds ridiculous, you know, because of how good he is it wouldn't shock me to hear that to, to be the case so I, I you know I think he's good enough to, to sell a game which you know says it all as as far as he's concerned and and I, I agree with the point you made about the release date as well I think it could be the a good slot I think I was just looking there traditionally from Far Cry Primal onwards so Primal 5 and um, New Dawn have all released in that kind of February March time span uh, prior to that the games did tend to come out in the fall um, but they, they seem to have moved away which I think is good because I remember Far Cry 3 particularly it released you know in, in I think it was November and it, it kind of you know it was such an excellent game and it was a contender for game of the year but i i've heard a few different uh kind of games journalists and and now former games journalists that that say how there was just so many other big titles out at the time that a lot of them never got around to playing far cry 3 until the new year and you know it totally it it entirely wasn't considered for game of the year because a lot of people simply didn't get around to it um, so I think it's a, a kind of a good decision to move the, the the kind of games away from the fall and kind of give them their their own period to to shine in and and kind of that spring period. Yeah, I think Assassin's Creed you can get away with in in November because that's kind of very unique. But say uh, a first person story driven shooty game. It, it kind of will get lost in November because the other games that are usually out every year. So it, it makes sense. And um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm, 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 it's the most I'm looking forward to a Far Cry game in a long while as well. Um, obviously we've <clears throat> gone a bit long, but we always do. Uh, shall we talk about what wasn't there? I mean, we've mentioned a couple throughout. I mean, Gods and Monsters, or whatever the hell it's going to be called. I really thought that would be there, but I didn't know about the rework stuff that we talked about earlier. Um, dead game? <laughs> I, yeah, as, as I said, with with that and, and Skull and Bones, you know, you've got to, for now, be worried with hearing that they're, they're both 
supposed to be getting reworked to to some degree and obviously the the the, the delays as well i mean that that game was seemed like i think it was like weeks away from supposedly releasing when it when it got delayed and that does always set off alarm bells it, it simply has to um i mean i i just wonder you know i mean if it doesn't appear at the next ubisoft forward you know maybe possibly that and skull and bones could appear then and then could be given new release dates in 2021 because i don't think we're going to see them this this year that's for sure at this point but if we don't see them at the the next event you know, I'll, I'll be very worried as as far as these games' future go. It wouldn't be out of the question to see, you know, an, at least one of them cancelled. Um, but I, I suppose for now, you know, we, we can only go on, on what's been reported. And if they are indeed being reworked, it, it is inevitable that, that there's, there's going to be a bit of a notable delay as a result of that. Hmm. I mean, we we covered Skull and Bones, didn't we? Uh, what else did we miss? Beyond Good and Evil, that game's never coming out. Yeah, that that game, I just, you know, what we've heard about it all along has just left me scratching my head. It just seems such a strange uh, approach to development. I mean, I know that some people have, have kind of gone as far as, oh, they're extorting fans for free content. And I wouldn't go that quite that far, but I, I still think it's a very weird approach with the, you know, kind of asking fans to, to send through music and, and the like for the game's development. As I touched on earlier, I think a lot of the people that have been rocked by this this uh, purge almost at Ubisoft, you know, there's a few of them that have been involved on that game. So that's not a good sign for it. I just, I'm not sure this game quite knows what it wants to be. I mean, it's, I'd be very concerned about this game. Now, I never got around to playing the original Beyond Good and Evil, so I'm not kind of one of the, 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 you know, it has its cult status and I'm not part of that cult. So, if I'm being frank, I'm not too concerned about this game, but but simply kind of looking at the the situation, I'm just I have no clue when this game's going to come out or if this game is going to come out. I mean, what wh- what do you think? It, it, it's it's just messy, to be honest. Mm, I'm, I'm 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 pretty much the exact same as you. Never played the first one, never really heard of it um, till it showed up at E3. Two, two years ago? Three um, years ago? Keep talking there and I'll yeah. Google that. But yeah, I think for me, I mean, the demo they showed, I mean, aside the content creator fan bullshit that was on before it, the game did look impressive. It looked like something I would probably play, but I don't really have feelings. Otherwise, if it if it does get cancelled or indefinitely worked on in, in the background or whatever, and it just comes out like a Final Fantasy seven remake if it just turns up one year um fair enough but i don't really have any feelings i'll probably play it as i said ubisoft stuff's always on sale so i'll probably pick it up when it's 20 25 pound um but uh yeah it's uh it is what it is it is what it is um so it was E3 2017 when they kind of re-debuted the game because the game had been kind of confirmed years before 
I mean, like the first game came out in 2003. I mean, I think it was kind of 2008, 2009. Rumors started to circulate. It was then confirmed by Ansel, but then things went completely um, dead. And then I think in, in 2016, An- Ansel affirmed that kind of the, the work on Beyond Good and Evil 2 had been put aside so that they could work on Rayman Legends and, and subsequent games. And then I think it was late 2016, Ansel talked a little bit about it on Twitter and said that it, you know, it was still in their minds and that it could be a prequel. And then obviously it was the, the following summer that it re-debuted. But I mean, all in all, like, that game has has been in development for in one shape or form for, for over 10 years now at Ubisoft. <laughs> That based on the rumors, so it has to be a concern that we still haven't seen anything. You know, we we seen pre-alpha footage is is kind of as as near as mm-hmm. as we've gotten to kind of some some concrete footage of this game. So it's it's gonna be a concern, and especially with with the the kind of unfortunate news that's that's uh, surrounding the the team at the moment. Um, I. If I was a betting man, I, I wouldn't put my money on us seeing this game anytime soon, that's for sure. I mean, even with the the Ubisoft forward later in the year, my, personally, I'm not expecting to see Beyond Good and Evil 2 at it. Mm. We'll probably either do a preview or a review whenever the next one gets announced, but is there anything obvious what we've missed that you think will be there i mean the only one i can think of is rainbow six quarantine i mean i can't believe they missed this free opportunity of of marketing during a quarantine <laughs> but uh yeah uh, that's the only thing i can think of that was missing obviously long-standing rumors of splinter cell and all that jazz but quarantine's the only concrete thing i can think of yeah it's a strange one splinter cell i would have thought i'm starting to doubt we'll ever see that again you know because obviously there were strong rumors that one was in development but i don't know whether they just scrapped that to to focus on other other projects at this point i mean definitely quarantine was missing but maybe they didn't want to talk about both siege and quarantine in the same showcase which kind of makes sense because both both are confirmed to be coming to next-gen consoles. Obviously, quarantine's going to be its own thing in, in, in a way, so they might decide to give that its its kind of own time to, to shine in, during the next show. Um, I hope we see Gods and Monsters and, and Skull and Bones in, in the next showcase as well. Um, I suppose, although you know, I'm not disappointed it wasn't there, but I'm I'm surprised Just Dance 2021 wasn't shown. So maybe that'll come in in the yes. next showcase as well. Um, but there's there's nothing else that I can I I can think of. Um, that that would be kind of a, a, we'd be expecting from Ubisoft. So Far Cry play, gameplay, Skull and Bones, Quarantine. That's yeah, prob- that's I mean, that, probably that, enough for a show. Yeah, and and possibly they might might debut something new. We we can't rule that out yet. I, I mean, Ubisoft like to experiment now and again. Remember, like Steep was kind of something straight out oh of that field. Oh my god, that rollerblade game, the roller derby game. <laughs> oh yeah, that was last year actually. Yeah. Where's that gone? I don't know. <laughs> Forgot uh, all about go that. Ahead. Good, that's never came out. <laughs> I'm not, sure I, not that I know of, but it's probably out somewhere. I'd play the shit out of that. But yeah, anyway. Uh, 
Yeah, it'll be interesting, but yeah, I think maybe due a surprise unless Beyond Good and Evil is the surprise. <laughs> um, that would certainly be a yeah. surprise. That would be more surprising than a new mm. IP, to be honest. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, oh, Christ, what's the racing game called? The big world one. The Crew. The, the crew. crew. Yeah, yeah. maybe could it be time for The Crew 3. Mm, some shit. But no, I think we'll obviously preview it when it comes closer. But uh, before we finish, what you've been playing as... I imagine you finished something. <laughs> yeah, so I finished the Last of Us play, started and finished the Last of Us Part Two since we last spoke, and then I went on to play through it a second time and got the platinum. Uh, so you could could say I played that game to to that excellent game. I know I know it's it's called it's it's uh, kind of mixed mixed feelings on the internet. I, I think a lot of you know I. I I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of talking about how ridiculous attacking voice actors on social media is. But Jesus Christ. Yeah. Rest assured, that's my opinion on the matter. Um, but, you know, I, I I really enjoyed the game. I probably preferred the story of the first one. That's not to say it's a bad story in any sense. But I, I think it's it's very hard to kind of recapture that, that magic of the of first title when it, it comes to a, a series like, like this, kind of the subject matter it, it touches on and the kind of the the dark atmosphere um but i think in terms of gameplay it's much evolved on the first game i mean the the combat is is much better i mean some of the things i've seen people do like i, I completed the game on on hard which is the, the second highest difficulty but there's you know I, I wouldn't say i'm good at the game in any sense and some of the the combat i've seen other players create and i've seen kind of montages of their combat is just insane what they're what they're able to achieve um so the, the it's it's entirely revamped combat system um i mean the stealth is is kind of has a lot more to it than the old game you could i mean you couldn't even go prone in the old game uh visually well well the 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 first game was kind of a swan song for the the PS3. I, I think that this game's definitely been a, a swan song for the PS4 in, in in terms of a visual experience. I mean, I I can't praise the the game enough. It's I mean, I haven't played a, a crazy amount of games this year, but I think it's 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 well well out there as as the front runner for my game of the year so far but there is a little game called cyberpunk which is is yet to come and a lot of other games as as we've discussed and um, but for now it is it is top in the pile for me um other than that um i i played through actually uh call of duty world war Two, which was the mm-hmm. free game last month i played through the campaign and messed around a bit with the online it's the first time i've played a call of duty campaign since black ops 2 that was oh. quite a while ago and i never even bothered finishing that it was, it was fun it was nice to touch back into the world war Two setting because i haven't had that from a call of duty game since world of war yeah. which was a long long time ago my favorite one as well <laughs> yeah i loved that actually i thought it was it was very very much underrated and i never really got around i never got around to battlefield 5 which obviously was set in world war Two. so it was it was almost refreshing to go back to to, to world war Two, which at one point we were sick of world war Two games because especially if you play games on pcs there was they were a dime a dozen 
Um, but that, that's really it for me for now. I'm, I mean, I'm looking to find fi- to finally get get into Horizon Zero Dawn this weekend. That's I'm sticking to my word on on that one. I mean, what have you been playing, guy? Um, yeah, I've had a couple things since we last spoke. Um, I played the Crossfire X beta, which was that random Chinese, apparently the biggest game in China that was at Xbox's E3 last year. It's pretty much just CS:GO, but it's for the console. Uh, I enjoyed it surprisingly for a game that I prob- wouldn't suit me, seeing as when I play first-person shooter games, it's more about running, gun, sponging. But uh, I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Um, still grinding away on Overwatch a bit, which I'm going to play after I've cooked dinner. After this, <laughs> um, gotta get that Sigma skin. Um, and uh, Fallout seventy six just came to Game Pass, so we've I've been playing that a bit with my mates. Um. Not as bad as my first experience, which was the beta, which feels like about 12 years ago, but it was only last year, and then cancelled my pre-order because it was that bad. But it seems like a lot better game. Um, You can still tell when you're playing it that it was bad. There's still yeah. like little things there, like, why doesn't this work? What, why are you explaining it to this to me for like the 12th time? Now there's actually, seemingly, now there's an actual person to tell me when now that there's NPCs rather than uh, just Mr. Gutsies and stuff like that floating about. Um, but yeah, it seems like a seems like a much better game than it was at launch, at least. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good few things. Uh, got F1 as well, but that, that's just an F1 game, so who cares? It's just what it is. Um, and I've got Ghost of Tsushima coming on Friday, hopefully, as long as my mailman's not a prick. Um, and I just turned American there, postman. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I got a, I've got ordered a, a new PS5, a PS4 controller as well, just just to make it special. Plus, my brother's nicked my one that was in my cupboard with my dusty PlayStation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a bit busy there, but uh, I could report back on Ghost of Tsushima, hopefully. Maybe not next one, because we'll have the Xbox One, but maybe after that. So yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to getting your opinion on that one because I'm not mm. picking up straight away because I, I don't want to distract myself from my mission to, to finally get to Horizon Zero Dawn and that'll that'll keep me busy for a while because I gather it's it's not the shortest of games. Um, so I, I definitely look forward to kind of you and and maybe your your opinion on it might might well kind of move tempt me to 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 jump mm. on it as well. Um, I'm trying like I don't think there's anything kind of imminent. For me, in in terms of new games that I'd I'd be picking up straight off, I think we I suppose that's the, the time of year that we're in. Yeah, I think it's just kind of that. It's the lull period on a console year, so it's not exactly great, is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I say lull, I say well, lull period. Last of Us now. Two just came out. Ad Ghost of Tsushima comes out, so it's a bit of a great lull. Well, it's great if you're a PlayStation player, lull period, but. Uh, I'm playing Fallout 76 for fuck's sake. It's <laughs> <laughs> great for the barrel. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's it. I mean, we'll be back hopefully uh, probably the weekend, and uh, depending on when it gets uploaded. But the Xbox event is Thursday, I believe, and I think it's 5 p.m. UK time. Uh, I think it's like quite early on in the morning West Coast time because... Uh, xbox like us europeans and don't do it at midnight like ea did the pricks <laughs> which is great for us um but yeah we'll we'll be back to preview that and then obviously review it and then hopefully we can talk about um ghost and um i know cal you're looking for someone to review uh last of us with <laughs> so if you have fancy talking about it 
you might get a shot on here if you want. <laughs> um, but we'll finish up there. Uh, so thank you, Carl. We've we've kept it under two hours, Carl. How about that? That's impressive. It is, especially when the Ubisoft <laughs> thing literally had three games to talk about. <laughs> oh, dear. It's what we do. It's what we do, people. But again, thank you for listening. It's been a long one, but you probably expect it now, especially if you're this bloody far. Well, thank you especially. Goodbye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.